0: I hope you guys are all having a fantastic week and just getting ready for the holiday season. I hope that last week's episode maybe pumped you up a little bit. I think we can all stand to be a little bit happier and healthier around the holidays, especially during a pandemic. So thank you all for those who tuned in. If you're new to the podcast and you haven't heard me talk about this before, I'm actually hosting a free de-stress December challenge on my blog and Instagram, and that's running through December 30th. You can really dive in at any time, but I would love for you to join us if you haven't already. We have a really great community, and every day we're taking on a different challenge item to make our lives happier and healthier, and really just to help ourselves end the year on really a more positive note. So you can grab the schedule from my site, it's wellnessandwanderlust.net. And you can also follow us along on Instagram at Wellness and Wanderlust blog. Use the hashtag DestressDecember and be sure to tag me in any posts about the challenge so I can see how you're doing. I have a little calendar set up with different challenge items for every day, but you can really go out of order, do what's going to work for you. I just really wanted to give back at this time of the year and provide something for listeners and for readers of the blog just to really help to end this year just a little bit better than how we kind of started it out. Now, for those of you who are looking for simple holiday gifts, I wanted to share something else. I talked about this last week, but why not give the gift of a podcast? So my idol, Gretchen Rubin, who is a happiness and habits expert, the writer of The Happiness Project, and she's a really inspiring podcast host. She created a site called giftofpodcast.com, It's really cool. You can go on the website and create a free certificate to gift someone a podcast that you think they'll enjoy. So shameless plug here. If you have a friend or family member you think that would love Wellness and Wanderlust, I would be so honored if you'd share this with them. But really, any podcast that you listen to, spread the love. You know, we all can really use the help at this time of year and the support. And, you know, word of mouth is truly everything for a brand new podcaster like me. So please feel free to take a look. I'll link that in my show notes. And to talk about today's episode, we're going to be chatting with Gina Martirana from Unrestricted Fit all about honoring yourself and your body, no matter where you are in your health journey. Gina is a health coach and educator based in Florida, and she helps clients who are in recovery from eating disorders and chronic illness. In this episode, we talk about spoon theory, what it is, how to make the most of the spoons you do have, find out if you're kind of, if you're a spoonie yourself. We will also talk about the power of resilience and how to build more intuitive habits around food. I think this is something that so many of us struggle with. So how can we become more intuitive when it comes to our eating? Gina and I also explore our witchy sides and talk about nourishing our souls by honoring our hunger for nature and for knowledge. Gina also shares all about her new planner, really her plan noir, called Spellbook and Scribble, which I can't wait for you to hear more about. And this is another one I've linked in the show notes. You can learn more about it there as well. Gina and I have been friends since middle school, and I had such a blast chatting with her and hearing more of her story. I know you're going to love it too, so without further ado, let's dive into this episode. Hey, Gina. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing? Hey, Val. I'm so glad to be here. So excited to chat with you. Um, So let's let's get into it. (laughs) Yes. Well, I am excited to chat with you as well. The feeling is mutual. And we have many, I think, followers in common, so many of them will already know you. But for those who don't, why don't you tell us a little about yourself?
1: Yes, yeah, so my name is Gina. I am otherwise known as Unrestricted Fit. I am a health coach by night and an IT health information specialist by day. I mostly help those who are in recovery from eating disorders, as well as those who suffer from chronic mental illness or chronic physical disabilities, bringing them to the absolute best versions that they can be.
0: Well, that's incredible. And as someone who deals with autoimmune disease, I find that to be especially impactful. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your wellness journey and what led you here? So we're going to go all the way back to the beginning. Um, So
1: as Val said, um, we actually went to high school together. um, And that's where a lot of my stuff started. I was challenged with an an eating disorder growing up. Um, It started out as anorexia and restriction. Um, It slowly developed into binging and purging and orthorexia. And all through college, it was something that I went back and forth struggling with. Um, Along with my chronic illnesses, I do have endometriosis and PCOS, so that throws my hormones and all of that other fun mental health stuff into the mix. But along my journey, um, really diving into myself um, with the help of some amazing therapists and doctors, I was able to kind of turn that around and transmute it into something more positive. And I think being a dancer growing up and being five foot ten and uh, compared to all of what you would typically think a dancer would look like, I felt that I needed to be smaller, that smaller was healthier. And that's just not the case. And over time, I've come to know that my strength comes from other parts of me, not just my size. And I want to empower other um, women, men, theys, um, to be the best versions of themselves, no matter where they were at the beginning of their journey or what they've been through.
0: I think that is so impactful, and that's something I think a lot of people really need to hear. I think so many times in you know, the mainstream media, we see that a smaller size equals healthier or you know just in a better space, and that's not always the case. I think that it really differs by person, by body, what's natural to them, and more of your actual lifestyle rather than, you know, necessarily what the scale says. You know, I've been the same weight at different times where sometimes I've been healthier than others and I've had better, you know, routines and healthier mindset than other times. So I think that's so impactful to, you know, to talk about and to work with. It's
1: it's a definitely a difficult topic to talk about and it can be very triggering for other people as well. So I I'm try I try to be as inclusive and, and mindful of that as I possibly can. But yeah, it's it's really important for me to tell my story so that if it just helps one other person realize that you don't necessarily have to be, you know, 80 pounds skin and bones to go through recovery. Um, it's different for every person. For a lot of people, they didn't know I was sick for most of my life. Um, they had clues, and you know, the, my weight fluctuations definitely caused some some head turns over time. But because I'm not the typical anorexic or the typical sufferer of an eating disorder, it's much more important for me to tell my story because there are so many women and men and non-binary friends out there that are not necessarily quote-unquote sick enough to get help. And I want to provide that safe space for people that might feel that way. Recovery is possible no matter what phase you're in.
0: I truly think that's something that everybody needs to hear. I know for me personally, while I've never been diagnosed with a particular eating disorder, I've certainly suffered from disordered patterns throughout my life and disordered ways of thinking about myself, my body, my self-worth, and of course with food. And I think a lot of times we believe that because we aren't sick enough, as you said, or because it's maybe not, you know, manifesting itself to the point that we're needing to go to the hospital or anything like that, that things are okay. And sometimes it's good to see that it's possible to move past that and to move past, I think, some of the obsession that many of us have with those things. Absolutely. We are discussing this with my with my boyfriend. We talk about this
1: quite a lot because um, he's also in um, peer support and counseling, but something that really hit home in the way that he said it is an eating disorder or the disordered eating patterns are an natural response to an unnatural culture. We have completely turned what we, you know, what was once thought as beautiful. Like if you look at Renaissance painting, the thick girls were the ones that were always painted, but somewhere along the lines, fear or discomfort in size differences between men women and anyone in between somewhere shifted and your your mind tries to align with society because we're social creatures and our bodies are trying to fit in but in reality we've created an abnormal culture that we're just trying to fit that square peg in the round hole
0: That is so true. And I think for women, especially we see at one point, I think it was being a certain size. Now being a certain size, having that flat stomach, but maybe having curves in certain places and being a certain height, having all of these standards that maybe are not possible in, you know, every body. And we don't realize that we're you know, there's beauty in all of us mm-hmm. and we don't have to fit those standards. But I do think it, it kind of is an impossible standard to fit. And I think so many people that do fit that standard, celebrities and things like that, they've had other types of help where it's not necessarily something that's healthy for, you know, the majority of us. I mean, you see that like – um, was it Christian Bale, like he
1: will literally like develop an eating disorder to get a role. And that's not healthy either. So I believe that it's not just in females. I feel like we receive Mm the brunt of it because society, but... um, It's a great way to control us. (laughs) Exactly. If you keep us thinking that we have to be small, it keeps our brains small. So we don't think too big. And, you know, there are definitely men that have body dysmorphic visualizations like they need feel that they need to have abs but they have to have strong legs and they have to have strong arms and they have to be taller than women so or like the women that they date and i think there needs to be a shift on all sides because it doesn't just affect us these these unnatural body norms quote unquote are not healthy for anyone and all bodies are beautiful
0: whatever that may look like for you. I completely agree with that. And so for you as a coach, working with people who are in recovery from an eating disorder, what are some ways that they can optimize their wellness without resorting back to disordered patterns? Because I think sometimes there can be a fine line, and you talked a little bit about orthorexia as well. Um, So how can people make that a little bit more intuitive when they're recovering from an eating disorder? The biggest thing for me,
1: and I can really only speak on my journey, but something I really like to instill in all of my clients is honor your hunger, honor what your body is craving. And eventually those cravings will reduce when you restrict, um, you know, I love a good Taco Bell crunch wrap. And I'm not going to go and eat a Taco Bell Wrap every day, but I'm not gonna, also not going to feel guilty about going to get it because I've honored that hunger. I usually eat significantly, and I don't like using this word, but a lot of people say it. I usually eat cleaner when I've honored that hunger. So um, the intuitive eating journey, I think, is really important for those, especially if you're on an eating disorder recovery trajectory. Um, is. Seeking out other follow Instagram hashtags and follow registered dietitians and people that instill those intuitive things and trusting your body. I like to educate myself. I'm a big avid like researcher. I have this is I'm a giant nerd <laughs> um, when it comes to medical research and journals. So for me, that's where I find my solace and knowing that. You can't necessarily do it in in 2020 but in the 1920s there were kids Uh, there's a nutrition study where kids um, of all ages from birth until about puberty were brought in and they were given hundreds of different foods and they were put in front of them every single day and kids intuitively knew what they needed so much so that a child who had never had cod liver oil in his entire life got sick, intuitively knew that he needed to take some cod liver oil for three days, took it, felt better, and then started eating regularly again. So reading things like that and knowing that our bodies are smarter than our minds and knowing that our bodies know what we need more than our silly little brains do um, is extremely important to me. So honoring your hunger and knowing that our bodies are
0: smarter than we think they are. That is so powerful. And I think that's so true. Now shifting gears a little bit. um, So we've talked a little bit about people with eating disorders that you work with. Now, many of your clients are also um, dealing with chronic illness. What are some ways for those dealing with chronic illness, autoimmune disease, maybe mental illness, that we can work toward our health goals while still being kind to ourselves and, you know, and listening to our bodies? First and foremost is forgive yourself. Forgive
1: yourself for punishing you for being different or being abnormal or being, you know, autoimmune deficient or disabled. Um, it starts with forgiveness. And from there, you can build kindness to yourself. Research. If you are able to afford going to a doctor or a nutritionist, do it. Talk to them about evidence based studies that and treatments that can help you research nutrition that's one of the things i focus on because an ounce of prevention is worth 10 pounds of the cure knowing what your body needs over time and honoring that you're not going to be your 18 year old teenage self when you're 29 30 um, your body composition will change and with that so does your outlook Onto things. So for a lot of my clients, the first thing I say is forgive yourself for feeling bad or feeling different. Because yes, you might have less spoons than you know the average person on this planet, but that doesn't mean you are less valuable.
0: I think that's something I think it's really something that a lot of us need to be hearing, especially those who are dealing with chronic and or mental illness. I think it's so true even talking to a doctor about, you know, those evidence-based studies and doing a little bit of, you know, testing even to see what your body might be responding better to than other things. I know for me personally, doing food sensitivity testing really helped out. And for example, um, gluten is something that I'm sensitive to. So I took that out of my diet for a little while not too long ago I decided to try it again and see how I felt and sure enough I had fewer spoons that day. I was really not operating at the level that I normally do and while I was listening to my body in the sense that at that time that was just what I you know what I was craving and at the same time I know that I'm operating at a different level when I'm avoiding certain things just simply because my body doesn't respond well to them. Um but So you you mentioned spoons. You talk a lot about spoon theory in your content. Can you talk to our listeners a little bit about spoon theory and what it means to be a spoonie for those who might not know? Um, so I might
1: butcher her name. And as an Italian, I'm very offended by myself for this. But um, Christine Miserando, again, sorry if I butchered it. Um, she developed spoon theory uh, sitting in a diner discussing it with her friend, So it literally could have been anything. It just happened to be spoons. Um, But she wrote an essay basically explaining what it was like to live with lupus. And all of us have a finite amount of spoons. And those who suffer from chronic mental conditions, um, schizophrenia, ADHD, depression, generalized anxiety (laughs) disorder, or if you have a physical disability. So if you are paraplegic, quadriplegic, If you have an autoimmune disorder, you are all a part of the Spoonie family now. Welcome. But it's mostly a metaphor to describe how much energy you have available in a given day. So say, for example, I only have 12 spoons to to do in a day. That's the 12 hours I have in a day where work is going to take a solid eight of those spoons. I have to plan my day and my week around how much energy I'm able to to give to those things. And it's not just physical energy, it's emotional energy. So when my partner reaches out and he's having a bad day and I've completely exhausted all my spoons, I'm not gonna be able to be very supportive. And I'm also might take spoons out of the drawer for the next day if I do decide to ignore those signs that I'm winding down. Spoon theory in itself is really just a token. You can think about it a different way. And I actually think about spoon theory, especially for uh, those who suffer from ADHD, is it turns into fork theory because someone with an SD will have a task and then four other things will branch off from that task. And you've exhausted way more energy because you have used spoons you didn't
0: even have. I can 100% relate to that, especially I think right now working from home and more people emailing me that, you know, have, they might not know what my workload looks like because we're not seeing each other on a daily basis. And I'm one of those people, I see an email come through, I want to respond immediately and drop the thing I'm doing. And that definitely takes some spoons away. And it's definitely something I think that people struggle with. And, you're right about that emotional energy that these things can take, and I think even that deficit of taking some spoons from the next day is so powerful to think about. We're kind of burning the candle at both ends, as my mom would say, mm-hmm. and I I, th- I think it's so true. Um, so, what do you do, um, you know, to really protect your spoons and kind of, you know, optimize the energy that you have? I am not perfect at this, but um, and you know, I strive
1: To improve every day, progress over perfection. But it's it's really starts with communication. Communicating with the people around you. A lot of us who suffer from chronic illnesses, autoimmune disorders, especially those who suffer from mental illness, we feel like a burden on people already just for existing. And it's really really hard for us to reach out to people. when we're feeling like that, but it starts with communication in your job, with your partner, with your family. um, It's extremely important to just voice how you're feeling or voice what you need. And from there, you're able to kind of navigate the day to day. And as soon as you open those floodgates of communication, you actually start to fill your, your, your drawer of spoons up a little bit more because you're not using energy trying to like, okay, well, I don't want to upset my mom by telling her that I'm feeling XYZ about work or I don't want to cry on my shoulder of my partner because they are already having a bad week at work. You have to communicate those things. Otherwise, no one's going to know what you're going through.
0: I think that's so important. And I think even as far as that communication goes, sometimes even setting some boundaries. I know that during during the election, I had to tell a few people because I, I really didn't want to spend the first night of the election watching the map change colors because I knew that was going to elevate my stress. Now, I didn't know it was going to take several days for the results to come in. But um, you know I did have to tell a few people, hey, I'm going to be off of my phone. I'm going to be muting some notifications for now. I love you. And I'm protecting my energy right now. And I will talk to you tomorrow." And, you know, just that communication alone, I mean, that, that really can make a huge difference. Absolutely. Boundaries are extremely
1: important. And, you know, especially there are a lot of us out there that are struggling um, with people who like to uh, go over those boundaries, even when mm-hmm. we set them. And it's important that you don't Concede. You don't let that boundary slide back because the more and more you allow it to slide back, the less and less spoons you will have because those energy vampires will suck it from you.
0: <laughs> that is such a great term energy vampires. <laughs> I'm going to use that. It's all yours. I, I won't tell them that they're vampires, but I will be <laughs> thinking it. <laughs> so, for many of our listeners who, whether they deal with eating disorder or chronic illness or not, um, they still might have some difficulty juggling full-time work, maybe the pandemic, other responsibilities, with having a fitness routine and positive habits around food. Now, you're someone who works a full-time job, you got your master's degree, and you run a coaching practice, and I think you're doing a million of other things from what I've seen. So I'd love to know what your advice is for staying healthy when it just feels like there aren't enough hours and maybe not enough spoons in the day. Something that's really stuck with me,
1: one of my favorite doctors on TikTok and uh, Instagram is Mama Dr. Jones. And she has a post out there, and she posts this regularly, that Balance is not something that you achieve in a day. It is over time. Um, So much so that, like, I like to think of our bodies as a meat mech. We're just a a mechanism that's basically taking our head from room to room. Thanks, John Mulaney. Balance is a dynamic process. It's It's not a one and done kind of thing. If you're sitting and doing quote unquote nothing you're doing something for your body and reflecting on it. And if you can't do a full 30 minute to an hour workout a day and you just can do that half one, that's enough. Moving your body for yourself, that's enough. And a lot of people think that they have to complete a certain checklist to reach that balance in a day. And that's just not true. Homeostasis is a is a constant process. Our bodies are constantly changing levels of hormones and you know water levels and nutrition and nutrient availabilities so it just makes sense for our minds to get in line with that and say hey maybe i need to rest and digest for a little bit maybe i need to take a break if i've been working really hard and working on a six week fitness challenge maybe taking six weeks and just doing meditative work and Working on my emotional health or getting back into my creative projects are going to tip that scale back into the balance. There are just not enough hours in the day for you to complete everything. Um, And just accepting that and doing what you can and doing those high dopamine reward activities to balance out the low dopamine reward activities will hopefully reach that balance on a day to day basis. But it's more about resilience and less about balance and how you respond to external factors that are completely out of your control and how you snap back from it as quickly as possible for you but it's for me it's more
0: about the resiliency than the balance that is so powerful and i think you're right that balance is it's kind of an act absolutely rather than a state of being and we have to be kind of figuring out our priorities and you can work toward that balance. But of course, sometimes one area of your life just might be struggling a little bit compared to another. And you kind of have to weigh that out and see what, what do you need right now? Um, so for you, as far as resilience goes and how you respond, um, what are your favorite ways to kind of relieve that stress? Right now, uh, because
1: of quarantine activities, I've been definitely getting more into my creative side. So I'm not an artist. I am not good at drawing, but um, as part of the development of my planner, I really got back into drawing and developing art pieces as part of it um, for myself, as well as to help those people who eventually might want to use the planner you know, have the mental health pause in their day to color. Um, So for me, it's, you know, as taxing as this pandemic has been, it's definitely brought me back into my creative side and given me that fresh inspiration um, to work on something creative as well as helpful. Not to mention, I've definitely gotten much more involved with my, witchy practices and um, my astrology and all of the occult things that I so love to research.
0: Yes. Now that is a common interest for us. And I would love for you to share more with our listeners about this planner that you've created and you know what people can expect to get out of it. So I'm really excited about my planner. Um, for me, there's so much
1: overlap in my in my spiritual practice, my witch practice and my life. So, I needed and I always have a planner and a notebook on me at any given time, but I hated having to go back and forth to my grimoire and to my planner and like making sure my rituals were all in place. Um so for myself, I started keeping track of all of the moon phases and things like that and over time it just kind of developed into this planner that has both um, what I call a shadow box, which is your little skill set that you carry with you every single day, um, that you're able to kind of mitigate crises, um, see where you're fit. Like, if you are slacking off at work, or you're feeling more and more tired, you're sleeping more, you have those clues and the tools to help bring the balance back away from those negative thoughts or actions um, on you at all times. Um, There's pauses for coloring because I think all of us need to relive our kindergarten days and just sit with some crayons and in the quiet and color Um, and just all of the holidays that are fun and that we just need some joy in our life every single day and not just the big fancy holidays or the, the Christian holidays or the Jewish holidays. I feel like I wanted to bring in way more inclusivity um, so that everyone can enjoy the planner. And there's little ritual cards where you can, you know, rip out, um, I call them little ritual recipes and you write down your ingredients and the steps of the ritual and you can rip it out and actually keep a little recipe box of all of the things that you worked on this year. Um, so there's a lot more coming down the pipe on that, but it's, um, a planner that has really helped my health and wellness practice as well as my spiritual practice.
0: Well, I think that there is something so meditative about coloring. Oh. Um, <laughs> so even that piece alone is really, really cool to have that in your planner. Cause I think a lot of planners don't really include that space, but that shadow box sounds just so impactful, I think, for so many as, you know, sometimes you are more stressed out and you are more tired and you're not really sure why. And we kind of keep doing the same things from day to day. But if you have that piece to help you reflect and, um, you know, maybe catch it before it becomes, you know, a bigger issue and takes over more of your life, if you can kind of pick out some of those habits early on and see what tools do you have in your toolbox to go about it in a different way. I think that's so valuable. And so I think that's really, really cool. So my boredom in in quarantine is to the benefit of society. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's that way with so many. I've seen people start businesses in this time. I've seen people really pursue their creativity. I know I talked about starting a podcast for about two years and I thought if I don't do it during this pandemic when I'm at home all the time and I don't need to be across town at events, I don't know when I'm going to do it. And so I do think that having some of these creative outlets right now is just what's keeping all of us sane and giving us all something to look forward to because this feels a little bit endless and can feel hopeless at times.
1: Absolutely. It's, you know, it's very draining for a lot of us, especially those who, you know, lost jobs and are suffering from chronic illnesses in the middle of this. And, you know, seeing the complete and utter disregard for their health and safety and just being a part of that community and helping others grow into like, hey, I'm going to own my disability, whatever that may be, and create something Beautiful out of it and transmute it into something else. And I think something that sticks in my mind quite a lot is um, there's a Japanese art called kintsugi where basically shattered pottery is put back together with flecks of literal gold in it. And I think that's what this pandemic has done for a lot of the world is like we've cracked open this pottery, but if we believe in in it and we believe in ourselves and the creative outlets that we've created. And I believe in this podcast. I believe in my planner and my business. Those are the things that will be those beautiful cracks of gold that made something completely shattered into something entirely beautiful.
0: I think that's lovely. I really love thinking about it in those terms because you're right. I think that while there has been a lot of hardship, a lot of challenge in this time. I have seen people come together and do beautiful things and pursue dreams that are going to help other people along the way. And I think that what we were doing before the pandemic wasn't necessarily working. I you know, I work in community engagement and driving across town, racing from event to event sometimes. And not all of these events were necessary for me to attend. But, you know, as overachievers, we want to do it all. And I think now I've really had to sit back. And I think so many of us have had to sit back and think about, you know, what do we truly miss? What do we not miss? And what are some things we wish we had more of? And as an introvert, I've I've done fairly well in the pandemic, although I really miss hugs and I miss just wandering around Target and seeing friends. But I really believe that if we do try to look for, you know, those creative outlets and the ways we can serve others in this time, I think we're going to come out of it in a better place than where we started it. So, you know, you don't want all of this challenge that so many of us have been facing to have been in vain. And so I really love what you're doing. Well, I've been really enjoying your podcast and I'm so happy that you
1: to see my friends like of so long, just really pursuing things that they're passionate about. And I think that's just so inspiring to me and it, it really helps me. It fills my cup back up when I'm feeling low because when I don't have the spoons left and the the drawer is empty and everything's in the dishwasher, mm-hmm. I um, it's really hard for me to to find that inspiration. But seeing, you know, people basically, you know, pardon my French, transmuting shit into gold,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it definitely it definitely fills me back up and re inspires me. So thank you for doing your podcast, Val, because it's breathed
0: new life into my (laughs) ear. Well, thank you. That means a lot to me and to see your content as well and how you've been able to help others, especially, you know, those of us who are struggling with autoimmune disorders. And maybe, you know, we beat ourselves up, I think, when we can't do all of the things. And, you know, maybe we even ran the dishwasher and we still can't you know, take our spoons out. Right. Um, you know, I think it really is empowering to see people, you know, continuing to serve and to do so much, and so I really appreciate that as well. So, you know, your your planner, I think that is so cool, and I know you have your witchy practices, and I'd love to know about how you got into astrology and how astrology and spirituality play into your overall health and wellness journey. So spirituality, again,
1: um, kind of came from my health, just my general health journey. Um, Something I talk a lot about with my clients and in my content is what I like to call the four corners. Um, So health is not just like a well-rounded person must have all of these four corners kind of sanded away in the right amount of balance um, in mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health. And... I felt like with, you know, amazing therapists and support and my supportive community and family around me, I had the mental, emotional and physical health under control. But that corner was very, very rough and I just didn't feel well-rounded. So I sought out just practices and things that spoke to me. I feel really drawn to nature. I have been obsessed with the moon for my entire life. And it's just something I, you know, with my honoring my hunger, I was honoring my hunger for nature and honoring my hunger for more information. And with my master's in public health, I randomly studied upon the knowledge that witches were the real, true public health community workers back in ancient times. They were the ones giving um, salves and herbs and things like that. They were telling people to stay at home and keep themselves clean and away from other people. And it just really aligned with my practice as a public health advocate um, to to research and learn more about that. Um, And as I went down my nutrition journey, learning more and more about you know, foods and their origins. I learned more and more about herbs and their origins and uses. And it just kind of grew without me even realizing it into this weird, chaotic, eclectic green witchery that um, I just, I feel very connected to and I feel closer to nature. And something I am grateful about this pandemic and the positive silver lining is that I've been able to go into more nature. I've been able to focus on my practice and meditations and just be appreciative of Mother Nature and all the gifts that she has available and honoring her. I enjoy astrology because um, (laughs) we were talking about this before, but the moon can change tides we're 70 percent water who's to say that the moon can't affect us you know many um, doctors that i work with have always said especially my trauma surgeons have always said that the crazies come out on on full moons and Mm -hmm. i feel like that's that rings true to me even more now because i have become in tune with nature and the movements that she likes to throw at us. And um, just kind of, it's really helped me give, you know, grace to myself when I feel like um, I'm low or like, I have to do everything. Whereas like the universe is just going to keep on spinning. And it's going to be what it is. And it's given me a sense of solace that everything will eventually work out because eventually everything has eventually worked out.
0: I love that. And I think the focus on nature and the universe is more important than ever. I know for me personally, I've taken this time, especially now doing the podcast and talking to so many great guests like yourself, it finally kind of pushed me toward meditation, which has been something I've been talking about doing for a long time, but I never really got into a practice and i think we can't truly be physically healthy if our minds and our spirits are not in the place to do so i'm finding you know that hunger for nature to really be impactful for me as well just getting outside especially since we can't spend lots and lots of time indoors in certain places we used to go being outside going for I guess they're not really hikes in florida but (laughs) (laughs) going for long walks walks. (laughs) yes i think all of that really can you know play an important role in our overall wellness and just getting outside being in the sunshine and you know episode six i believe of the podcast we spoke with someone about full moon ceremonies and Mm -hmm. i think now taking time Whether or not you believe in the full moon having an effect, and I do believe that the full moon does have an effect um, as well as the other moon phases, but whether or not you believe in it, at the very worst, you know, you are still sitting down and taking that time maybe to reflect if you do that full moon ceremony, you're doing that once a month thinking about the boundaries you might want to set and what you want to get rid of and what you want to add more of in your life whether or not you believe that the moon is drawing you to do that i think it really can play a valuable role and so i think it's so important and i think i think that spirituality the the further i go along in my wellness journey the more i see its value and its purpose in my life and so i love hearing your story with that yeah i mean after finding tarot and
1: you know every every month either around the full or the new moon I'll do a a tarot spread or if I feel like I'm especially confused about things it's not necessarily that the tarot is telling me what I need to do it's just like showing me a visualization of something I'm already thinking about and just giving me more context so that I can put it into action and I feel like whether you're Christian Jewish Muslim or pagan, you can do those reflections in whatever space you feel safe in um, and, you know, finding that entity that is bigger than yourself that you can kind of look to, whether that be internally, externally, you can look to, to kind of give yourself context so that you're not feeling like you're just this amorphous blob floating in the universe. You have a little bit more structure and you can navigate it a little bit easier.
0: I think that's incredibly powerful and I think knowing that you do have that purpose and that structure I think it makes a world of difference so that you're not just, you know, floating around and kind of thinking, you know, you know letting, you know letting the tides kind of move you but really, you know taking control over your life. I I think that in order to do that, sometimes we need a little bit of that guidance. And so I think that's, you know, so powerful. You saying, um, not
1: letting the tides move you, just kind of remembered uh, one of my f- favorite friends um, growing up was talking about surfing is that like surfing is just, you're, the tide is going to move. You're just on a much better footing to navigate it. So yeah, not letting the tide move you and just allowing yourself to move with it.
0: Yes. Thousand percent. <laughs> so I love asking people, especially in the wellness community, about how you like to start your day. If you have, you know, morning practices, morning routine, what do you like to do to start your day on the right foot?
1: For me, I don't necessarily believe that there's a right foot to start on. And 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 that's not to say that, you know, I Flock anybody for um for having a morning practice. I am a morning person and I benefit from it. But it's more how it goes back to the resi- like. It, there's not a right foot to start on. Everyone's schedule is different, and and because I work in healthcare, I'm much. I'm a little bit more aware of it, um, because I work closely with doctors who are on you know twelve to twelve schedules. There's nursing staff mm-hmm. that work overnight and so a morning for them might be a night for you it's more that you strive to have a good day but how you recover from those five bad minutes that you have in the day is more important to me. Um, having that resilience during the day and recovering from a bad start, actually, have I have better days when I start out bad and I'm like, no, I'm not going to have a bad day. Today is going to be a good day. I choose to have a good day today. And then it's even better. I, ideal versus reality. Like, I would love to be able to... I do my best when I get up, take a full shower, hair, makeup, a little bit of glamour magic if I'm feeling fancy. And for me, it's that recovery, the allowing, forgive myself, like, ugh, I didn't, my alarm didn't go off this morning, and I'm just gonna have a bad day. It's that saying, hey, my alarm didn't go off this morning, that's okay, life happens. How can I make this day great again? So I guess maybe to answer your question is, Asking myself how I can start, how I can make my day great today is how I like to start my day.
0: I think that's also incredibly powerful. I think that every day you have obstacles being thrown your way and it really is how you respond to those that makes such a huge difference. And how, you know, at the end of the day when you're reflecting, how you're going to think about that day and even how you're going to perceive the things that happen to you that day. I think it really shifts your perspective. So I really, really love that. For example,
1: like my birthday, I had an amazing day. Everyone was really kind to me. everything was going great. And then a depressy Bessie episode decided to rear its ugly head and I cried for an hour. But that doesn't negate the 23 other hours I had in that day. Maybe I needed that cathartic cry and the next day was even better because of it. So yeah, just kind of putting it into perspective for yourself and forgiving yourself if you had a bad moment,
0: the next, there's always tomorrow. And I think we do put so much pressure on ourselves with those, you know, the depressive episodes and the times you just sit and cry. And sometimes I found, for me personally, dealing with things during the pandemic, you're by yourself and there's less distraction, I think, than there used to be. And so instead of, you know, maybe impulsive eating when I'm not hungry or trying to self-numb, Sometimes when those difficult things are happening, just sitting down, taking a breath, crying if I need to, and kind of sitting in the emotion, the day can go a whole lot better after that. And it didn't define your whole day, but sometimes you needed that cry just to kind of get the feelings out and be able to move forward. And so I think it's going to be a whole lot worse sometimes if we don't let it out and if we just, sometimes you can push past it, but sometimes you can't. And you know, when you do try to, you're going to, it is going to carry into the next day and maybe into an interaction in a way that you didn't necessarily want to happen. And I think if we just sit and let ourselves feel the thing and not have that judgment toward ourselves, I think it really does make a huge difference. Absolutely. And,
1: you know, taking the judgment away from yourself, you actually start judging other people less because you're aware of, hey, I allowed myself to feel these feelings. That person over there might be having a bad day too. Um, so allowing yourself forgiveness and free yourself, freeing yourself from judgment, will open so many other doors that's out there for other people. Because and you'll be so much more present with your family, your friends, um, and so much more kind, not only to yourself but to to others as well and compassionate and honestly the world needs more compassion right now so it starts with you
0: yes i cannot agree more i would love to dive into some rapid fire questions with you so our guests can get to know you a little bit better let's do it awesome so what is your top wellness tip sleep we don't get enough sleep get more sleep Yes, I needed that message myself. <laughs> Where is your favorite travel destination?
1: I love Amsterdam. I love the Netherlands. I love everything about the Dutch people. It's my favorite place.
0: It is beautiful. I went when I was I think 14 and it was a short layover with just on one of my dad's trips, so I didn't get to experience it as an adult or for very long, but it was a beautiful country and it's- the people are so nice, like everyone's just so friendly and, and
1: talkative. And I, I actually felt like I was the right height, because everyone was taller than me. <laughs> and they had
0: really good pizza, is yes. what I remember.
1: Yes, they did have really good pizza. It's, it's actually one of the best places to go in Europe for food. And that's saying something considering you got France, Switzerland, and you know, Italy there. Yes. Um But Amsterdam is one of the richest cities in Europe. So there's just a lot of action and great food there. There's a lot of culture there. And your girl loves museums.
0: Now, if you were an animal, what animal would you be and why?
1: A giraffe because I'm awkward. And <laughs> um, the the fact that like giraffes exist but unicorns don't just always makes me giggle.
0: Right. I feel like a unicorn existing would not be out of the realm of possibility the especially, way that especially yeah. with 2020 oh my gosh i hope i see a unicorn that would maybe brighten this year a little more <laughs> what is your number one favorite show to binge
1: uh, that changes on a daily basis thanks mm-hmm. netflix but my favorite show to watch all of the time, is Bob's Burgers. It's literally how I fall asleep every night. I don't know why H. John Benjamin's voice is as relaxing as it is, but...
0: I love his voice. You're right. I haven't watched in a little while, but my my sunshade on my car, I think you'll appreciate, is um, Bob's Burgers. Love it. Love yes. it. Yeah. Um, many people say I'm
1: the perfect combination of Gene and Tina, and I say, yes, I am named well. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh, yes. (laughs) I feel like a little bit of a Tina myself, especially the dance moves. Oh, yes. (laughs) Yes. I danced for,
1: what, 16, 17 years and I still dance as awkward as Tina.
0: That's how I feel with my cheerleading is while I should be more of a natural dancer and I can do a routine, but when it comes to just going out and dancing, I am definitely a Tina. Yes. (laughs) Feel that. Yes. And so kind of on a similar kind of related note, what is your favorite social distancing activity? I really enjoy
1: watching movies remotely with friends or my best friend and I will actually play like Animal Crossing and visit each other's islands while on Facebook message, like chat with each other. Um, So we can see each other, talk to each other, drink wine, play around on the islands, you know, feel like we're accomplishing something with one another
0: that sounds so fun. It's like getting to travel right now.
1: Exactly. I can't travel, but I can fly to Sun Bear Island. <laughs>
0: that sounds like a beautiful place. Now tell us how our listeners can connect with you. I am available on Instagram.
1: Like I said, I am at unrestricted fit. Um, so you can either DM me there. I'm on at least once an hour just to check dms and i probably need to adjust that for my spoons um (laughs) um, you can also my email is also available um it's at unrestricted.fit at gmail.com you can also find information about my planner at spellbook and scribble on instagram and you can call me if i give you my number but that's (laughs) only if you dm me on instagram
0: (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I'll be sure to link all of that in the show notes. And I'm so excited to see your planner come to life. But thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time out to share all of these nuggets of wisdom. I know I took home a lot of um, really great information today. So I really appreciate you and all that you're doing. I had so much fun, Val. And, you know, I can't wait to see what you have in store the rest of this year and with this podcast. So I'm stoked. What an incredible conversation. I always love chatting with Gina, and I feel like she and I align so closely in our pursuit of wellness from a place of love. I think self-care is really a major cornerstone of Gina's practice, and this is something we can all really benefit from. I also really align with what Gina had to say about spoon theory, and I think many of our listeners might have even been spoonies without realizing it. So I hope you found that framework to be a helpful one, and that her tips will benefit you in the long term as you start to understand what you have the energy for and how to really structure your day around that. As always, I truly love hearing your feedback. So if you liked this episode, please rate and review so that others can find the podcast and share it with a friend. If you have a topic you'd like to see, drop me a line at Valerie at wellnessandwanderlust.net or shoot me a DM on Instagram at wellnessandwanderlustblog. I've linked all of Gina's information in the show notes as well so that you can keep up with her awesome planner, her amazing health content, and connect with her if you're looking for coaching. I hope you'll come back next week and I look forward to seeing you then.